Let me start by saying this. I say in the workers' meeting that serving God is genuinely a choice. It's a choice. You, you know what? God will not force you to serve him. doesn't force anybody to do anything. If God's plan was to force us to do stuff, he wouldn't have given us our will. But he gave us will because part of his design is that he doesn't want people to be forced to serve him. And let me say a little bit about will because uh, uh, I've taught us some things about that. One of the questions you would ask yourself is that God could have made us to be like zombies and serve him whether we like it or not. How many people know that God could have done that? He can do all things. But God didn't do that. And I want to tell you some of the insight that I have and I believe one of the reasons why God gave us will and why God wanted us to choose someone to love him. Because, let's come to ourselves. If you have to force someone to love you, would you like it? Now you, you have to have no self-esteem, no self-respect. You have to be so low on self-esteem and no self-respect, no, none of those. For you to want to force someone to love you. But if you have any esteem, self-esteem, and you believe in yourself, and you believe you're worth greatly, you're not going to force someone to love you. Because they should lock you for who you are, true or false. Why then do you think that God wouldn't have sufficient self-pride? That he would want to force people to love him? And that was the problem with Job. And I've got to follow this. I want to establish something. All I'm trying to establish is to know that God deliberately wants you to choose to serve him. And so in the case of Job, the devil came to Job and he said, God, did Job love you for nothing? <laughs> uh, the devil challenged God. The devil told God that Job, Job, Job doesn't like you. For who you are. The devil challenged God. He said, Job, the only reason Job is serving you is because you give him stuff. Now, got to follow this. The only reason Job serves you is because you give him stuff. And if you don't bribe that guy, it's not going to serve you. The meaning of that is this. The devil was telling God, you're not good enough for Job to serve you. And if you don't bribe him, it's not going to serve you. You... Don't bribe him and he will turn his back on you. And God looked at the devil. And God said, I know Job. Uh, I know Job. I don't need to bribe him to save me. Oh, you're not getting this. I don't need to be good to him to save me. I don't need to bribe Job to save me. Uh, there are some folks that God got to bribe them to save God. They want God to give them something before they save him. And God said to the devil, no, have you seen my servant Job? He is a different guy. I don't need to impress him to save him, for him to save me. And the devil said, no, you're lying. You're not good enough. If you don't bribe people, they're not going to save you. And God said, let's see. And God stepped back 
And Satan afflicted Job and took everything that he had. And Job said, Even though he slay me, I'll still save him. How many people are in the church today that if God doesn't give them anything, they'll keep on serving him? How many people do we still have some jobs who are extremely wealthy? They've been blessed abundantly, but you would be wrong to think that the reason they're serving God is because of all the beautiful stuff that God has given to them. Because even if you will take all of that away from them, they will still serve God. Are you at the level God wants us to choose to serve him? And many of us, I don't know what God can tell the devil about you and I. That if I take everything away from him, will he still serve me? I'll explain a little bit more. The reason we have this will is because God wants you to choose to love him. God wants you to choose to serve him. So it depends on you therefore to think on your own. That God is good enough. It is for you to reason for yourself. That God is sufficient enough. That God is good enough to be saved. So it's a choice that you make. And that choice is predicated upon the value that you are placed on God. So it's a choice at the end of the day. But the question is, what determines your choice? It's giving you too much stuff. It's not good enough. It's a weak God. It's slow to anger. Don't need to save God. And the beautiful thing about God is not going to carry a big cane and break your head down because he is slow to anger. And you're not going to change that. And I've told us we can never be evil enough to make God come on our side of evil. He remains a good God. But would you make the choice to serve him? It's a choice. Joshua looked at the guys and he said, you can serve anybody you like. Your father is now all the gods that your father saved. He said, but as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Now, parents, quickly listen to this. I like to say this, just to put this in parentheses, just, just to take this. The mistake the parents make sometimes is to give the power of choice to somebody who doesn't have the experience or the information to make the choices but joshua was not going to be carried away to allow his family to make a choice that he didn't have the capacity to make and so Joshua didn't ask every individual in his house to choose. The Bible said, Joshua said, as for me and my house, he made the choice for his house. And it's ridiculous that we live in a world today 
that a child who doesn't buy his own food, pay his own school fees. No, we don't do that here. Uh, buy his own shoes and shirts, doesn't feed himself, doesn't have the capacity to pay for his own house. Then suddenly thinks he has the capacity to choose to serve God. Watch your Bible is not there. And the child is not evil because you're allowing the child to make a choice that they do not have sufficient information to make. The Lord bless us with wisdom. So Joshua said, as for me and my house, and, and it's a choice. But I'm just telling you that sometimes you're not going to say a three-year-old should choose because they don't have the capacity. But a choice has to be made. Choose you this day. You want to serve. Because I'm telling you, to serve God is a choice. Tell the person, it's not going to force you. It won't force you. Because that will make him small. Why would he, why would he force you? Why should he force you? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Why? And if you don't want to serve God, it's to be saved. And if anybody won't serve God, he'll still be saved. Jesus said, if you keep quiet, the stones will speak. If the people with the choice will not use their choices, uh, make something else who doesn't have choice to save me, if there's need. And that's why when Balak would be deaf and dumb, not to listen to God, God decided to use the donkey. Um, before there was a woman who could prepare food for Elijah, God prepared ravens, greedy animals, to suddenly have a change of heart to share. God is too big and powerful for him to need to force me to serve him. <laughs> Even Jesus Christ went to pray and he went with his disciples and he came to them and said, you guys are sleeping? They kept on sleeping. And you know what he told them after some time? Whether you sleep or you don't sleep, I'll fulfill purpose. You know what he told them? He said, go on sleeping. sleeping keep on sleeping i have a message that i've never preached it's called keep on sleeping uh, the day god would give me strength i'll preach it keep on sleeping and that's what he told them so what is the big deal stay awake pray for me do it okay you you don't want to pray you want to sleep jesus jesus this is jesus jesus told them he said carry on sleeping since it is sleep, you want to sleep. <laughs> and we've tried to stop you not to sleep. You have a will. Keep on sleeping. It's a choice. But the beautiful thing is this. The choice, it's a good choice. Say amen. amen. God is not looking for people to use. In the meaning of he is using me. As in abuse. God is not intending to abuse or molest anyone. 
When we choose to serve God, it is for our own advantage. Because serving God exposes you to the empowerment to deliver a result. The choice to serve God opens up to you. The choice to serve God opens up to you the generosity of God. The choice to serve God opens up to you the, the manifold grace of God. The choice to serve God opens you up to the delivery of the supernatural. <laughs> ah, the, the, the choice for me to be a pastor opens me to the gifts that is necessary for me to do the work. It opens me to word of wisdom, word of knowledge, capacity to understand scripture, analyze the Bible. It opens me up to that. Now, God doesn't need to be anointed. God doesn't need all those things. You see, so it opens me up when you choose to serve God. I'm telling you, you move yourself to the next level. When people don't understand this, they suddenly think they're doing someone a favor. I want you to have a change of mind. When you serve God, you open yourself up to the supernatural. He told them, he said, you are fishers of men. You, you are, you are fishers of fish. So, but you serve me. And you become the fishers of men. Service doesn't demote. Service promotes. If there is anyone amongst you who wants to be great, let him first be the servant. God doesn't promote people who raise themselves up. He promotes people who brings themselves down. The road to the top is service. And those who really want to be exposed to God's abundance are people who are ready to serve. People who are ready to serve God with their money. I'm telling you, they will not be poor another day of their lives. People who want to serve God with their talent. The talent will multiply. I'm telling you the truth. The talent will multiply. God gives you a talent to sing. And you want to use it to serve the Lord? Get ready. Because it increases. It multiplies. You get better. It improves God. You, you make up your mind to do anything for God. It exposes you. I'm telling you. God, just get this. You see, there are many of us, there are dimensions of God that you're yet to experience because you're not yielded to God. There are dimensions of God. God is not interested in abusing or molesting anyone. God wants you to be empowered. And choosing to serve God unlocks empowerment and grace. Choosing to serve God. Unlock so many things that beats your imagination. Choosing to serve God. I don't know how many of us today are thinking about wanting to serve God. It, listen carefully to this. Watch it. See people. Find people who serve God with their heart. And you will see things. Beautiful things. Dropping for them. Pleasant things in beautiful places. Oh, come and listen to this. When you choose to serve God, doors will open. When you choose to serve God, great things happen. 
when you choose to serve God, you unlock all the, all the, all the, everything that God can possibly release into your life to get the service done. This is how it happens. Because God is someone, when he sends you an assignment, now you're going to love this. God is someone, when he sends you an assignment, and you decide to go, and it's going to cost you transportation money, 20 pounds. Because he's a generous God, he'll give you 200 pounds. That's how it works. That's why when you choose to serve God, it suddenly just opens stuff that you are not going to sweat to get. Your life just becomes good. And I'm not just talking about material things. I'm talking about expressions of gifts and talents that are locked up in people just simply because they're selfish and self-centered and they don't want to serve. Because why do you need the expression of your talent if you don't want to serve? For the Bible says that God has given all of us gifts for the profit of all. So without service, your gifts and your talents would be dormant and they will not improve refreshed, refined for it to grow, it's so important if God has given you an anointing to speak and you like to shut your mouth because you're shy, you bury that gift because it's not for the profit of anybody and then you take it a little bit further the line, the Bible says to the guy who buries who buried his gift that it was not just lazy but it was a wicked servant wicked that is a strong word. The guy wasn't lazy alone. He was wicked. You know why he was wicked? If God has given you something for the profit of other people and you refuse to do it, you punish other people. He said, but I didn't mean to do it. It's not what you meant to do that matters. It's what you've done. No, but I didn't know. No, it's not the point. That's what I'm telling you now. Look at somebody tell the person... Service is a choice. But it's a great choice. It's a beautiful choice. It's highly rewarding. Uh, yeah, you're not going to lose. Obviously, to take sacrifices. Obviously, to take up, but you're not going to lose. Don't let the devil lie to you. It opens up a lot of stuff. I'm telling you, your life just becomes better. Things just happen. God doesn't want you to serve him so that he can gain. When you serve him, what he releases into your life will be beyond what you can ever think. Another example I like to look, it's in Malachi chapter 3, you know, when he talks about give to the Lord and all of that. I always tell people that you don't, just forget about you have robbed me in Titan offering, all of those things, and just move a little, just read a bit more, and you will see the mind of God. And compare what will be released at what it was going to take, even in the Old Testament. He said, and then you will see that the windows of heaven will be open, and I will do this, I will do that, I will do that. Count the things that he says he will do because you're doing one. Just read your Bible. Don't just don't just be stuck in two verses and become angry. Look at something person, God loves you. He will never abuse you. God is not looking for people to use. God is not like men. We just want to extract from you, sap you dry and get everything out of you and leave you uh, shattered and dry and poor. No, God is not like that. He's a good, good father. He doesn't ask us to do anything except we're going to gain from it. It's true. 
You say, how do I know? Because that's what the Bible says. For you will not forget your labor of love. And of course, after God proved to Sefton, after God proved to the devil, and after, oh no, after Job proved to Satan, whoever proved to someone, and then it was clear that Job was going to save God. Even if you would take everything from him. It was a choice that he made. Not based on affluence or prosperity or answered prayers or all of those. Which many people, they, they're walking with God. Their service to God is based on answered prayers. I'm going to fast for 40 days if God doesn't answer me. What would you possibly do to God? What, what exactly do you have capacity to do? Okay, after you're fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and nothing happens. Come on, please. What, what can you do to him? Religious mindset. Arrogance, that's what it is. I don't say it's faith. No, it's not faith. It's arrogance. You're not mates with God. I'm going for fasting and prayer. It's seven days, 14 days. After I come out. You know, listen to this. You know, I try to be sincere. Do you know how many people you know? Not you, all right? Pretend that you're not the one. Do you know how many people you know who've done that severally and their life has not changed? If the principle is accurate, then you need to ask yourself, why is he failing? Because it's, it's nonsense. But, but somebody say, but when I did my own, after seven days, God answered me because God is bigger than your mind. He didn't answer you to impress you. He answered you because he is a merciful God and he's a gracious God. God can answer your prayers and my prayers in our foolishness. And that's not to approve our stupidity, but it's just to give us what we need because he's a good God. Because he loves us. Amen. Okay. So that we would read some scriptures. Amen. I'm telling you the truth. Sovereign, when we serve, God enthrones servants, not masters. I'm serious. It, 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 it's so powerful. David was serving God. And David said, take everything away from me. Whatever you do, don't take your joy from me. David said, I would rather be a dull man in the house of God than be the king in the palace. David understood that. But he wasn't poor. Solomon got the God this. Solomon said God. God said to Solomon was serving God, serving God. God said, What do you want? Solomon said, I still don't want anything. Material or kingly. Just give me a little bit more wisdom <laughs> to do what? That's the question you need to ask yourself. To do more service. That's what he said. He said, Give me just wisdom and understanding and discerning art to govern your people. To serve your people. He served God, served God. God showed up. God says, what do you want me to do for you? The guy said, God, we haven't served enough. I've served you with my material stuff, but I need some wisdom to govern your people. Service again. But you know the rest of the story. God said, what you've asked me, I'm going to do for you. But you know what? Seeing that you have not asked for silver, gold, and money, and diamond, even that. Look at some people say, even that. 
Anybody here wants even that that you didn't ask for? <laughs> Anybody here want uh, houses that you don't sweat to buy? Anybody here wants things like that? Another day I'll tell you about that. You know, I don't like when a Christian has to sweat to get things done in their life. It's not right. It's not right. Oh, he walked like a lay person. Nobody's ever blessed you with anything. No miracle has ever happened in your life. Nobody likes your face and buys a shirt. You don't have to be a pastor. It's got nothing to do with all of that. You don't have to be a deacon or a leader. Let some supernatural happen in your life. Amen. What's wrong that you want to buy a car and then you get there, somebody says, you know, I like your face. There's a manager's discount. We can get 10% off for you. Just for you. When you arrived. You know, it's happens. It may be favor. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. Let, let, you know, one day I went to a shop. Uh, I went to, I went to, I wanted, I needed to spend a voucher that somebody gave me. Everybody say needed. Yes. God will bless you, not because you are in need, but because he wants abundance. You will not buy shoe because your shoe are scattered. Do you understand? So I got there, and then the guy, the guy showed me favor. He said, oh, you've already... I said, but I've already paid online. I'm here to collect. He said, don't worry. I will cancel the order and put it inside because there's a discount in shop. And I said, It's okay. He said, you buy the shoe and then the second one, you pay half price. He said, there's nothing wrong in buying two. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and then I quickly told my wife, you know, <laughs> some people don't have enough shoes, you know. So, quickly, and then, what I'm saying is this. That's in, in small things. But I'm saying, God loves you. He's not trying to use you. He wants supernatural in your life. God enthroned servants. God honors servants. God rewards service. There's something I heard and I like it. That God does not reward membership. God rewards stewardship. And that's another reason why somebody wonders. But I've been going to that church for 12 years. Nothing happened. No. Membership has nothing to do with God. A member of a church doesn't change your life. What changes your life is your stewardship of the resources that God has given to you. It's your relationship with God that changes your life. I think on that note, I can move on now. I'm just priming you for the message. Since I've not read scripture, you probably have thought about that already. (laughs) Amen. But you know, I can talk for the next three hours and then, yes. Everything I've told you is scripture. Say amen. You know, when you say amen, that means you agree with me. That's who it is. <laughs> Praise God. Let's move on now. Let's, let's start with the scripture and then I will introduce this before we close. And then you're going to read the scripture at home. Acts chapter 9, I'll read 3 to 6. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. This is Saul, Paul. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 
And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said to him. Now, if you're reading your Bible, you're making notes. The word, who are you, Lord, is very important. Who are you, Lord? Because don't make a mistake that he didn't know who called him because then he wouldn't have said Lord. Okay. Who are you Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus. Whom you are persecuting. It is hard. For you to kick against the God. Do you know this statement still needs to be said to many people in our world today? And somebody goes to a church or goes online, goes anywhere and starts shooting against the kingdom of God. Somebody decides that is their primary assignment to bring every child of God down. Somebody decides that is their primary assignment that because they don't like men of God, they can say whatever they like. And sometimes people, people complain about people and then I'm wondering, can't you just think? Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? You, what have you done? You've not even done one piece of what the guy is doing. Say, yeah, what have you done? People who have saved thousands, hundreds of thousands and millions of souls, you are angry with their, with their Ferrari. You are angry with their private jet. That's not to support the private jet or support the Ferrari. But come on, in your own little space, you haven't even saved one soul. Why would you not mind your business? You don't even have food to it. You don't have anything. But you think you have the audacity to bring other people down I'm not saying whether they're right or wrong. That's not the point. I'm saying you've missed your point. It's not your business. See, are we not saying that men of God should not be corrected? No, God calls you to correct them, correct them. But the stupid thing is this. You're not correcting them because they don't know you exist. So what's, what are you correcting? All you're doing is, is get on somewhere and pollute all the people who are supposed to come to Christ. And you stand at the door of salvation and send people out. Because you're bitter with one man of God. And then you sacrifice the kingdom of God for your selfish pride. That's all it is. Do you not get this? It's straightforward. We're not as important as we think sometimes. Let God always think about the effect of what you do on the kingdom of God. And don't be angry with one man so as to destroy God's work. One day, you know, all this, all this chat, secondary school stuff and all of that, God bless you if you still do them. But I just struggle with things like that. You know, they've added me to my secondary school one, and then I removed myself, then they begged me, oh, Wellington, do this. I say yes. And then, and then they would just talk. They would just abuse people. I say, at your age, do you not have work to do? Say somebody did something, one man of God, one this person, one... Do you know I have what to do with your life? You know me very well. You can trust me. You intimidate the fact I remove myself. It is hard for you to kick against God's. So he now trembling and a stony said, Lord, what do you want me 
to do. Who are you, Lord? Everybody say, Who are you, Lord? Then everybody say, What do you want me to do? Those two questions, you need to go home and pray about them. I mean, pray. Who are you, Lord? You already know he's Lord. Amen. Lord means master. I know you are Lord, but who are you, Lord? In other words, there's some stuff I don't understand. I don't know you, God, can blind somebody like this. <laughs> I don't know you operate like this, God. Who are you? Who are you, Lord? The second question is, then the Lord told him, Jesus said, I'm Jesus. I'm the guy whom you're persecuting and you're playing with fire because it is a dangerous thing thing for you to kick against the gods and that's what you're doing so that you don't kill yourself and you don't get your leg destroyed I quickly appear to you to save your life oh let me just give you this the the invitation of Paul to save God was not as important to God as it was to Saul because he was already on the pathway of destruction and Jesus told him, it is hard for you to kick against the goats. You are on a highway of destruction. And so we got to get you out of it. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Listen to this. God is God all by himself. Doesn't need to impress us. But he's too good. That's why he's doing things in our lives that looks as if he's trying to impress us. Praise God. What are you? Who are you, Lord? Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll give you two scenarios and then we pray because I have something fantastic to do also after this. This is fantastic, but something else is also very fantastic. Get ready, I'll tell you later. Start with this. The first one. If you went to a restaurant, okay, and order some salmon of any kind of fish. Probably because you don't eat meat or chicken or whatever. So you decided, this person, oh, do you do some? Yeah, and you ordered some fish. And then, they brought to you a finely, perfectly prepared steak. A beautiful, beautiful, I mean beautiful steak. Nicely dressed, beautiful. Question What kind of service would you call that? Seeing that the steak is beautiful and perfectly cooked. Listen to the statement. In as much as it wasn't what was ordered, the service can never be right. In as much as that wasn't ordered, the service can never be right. Imagine what I said at the beginning. It could even be dangerous. I've just told you maybe the guy doesn't eat meat. So no matter how beautiful the meat is, he doesn't want it. It wasn't ordered. It cannot be right. So, that means you need to know the order. You need to know what I call protocols. You need to know what he's asking you to do and how he wants you to do it. And we're going to explore some of that from the New and the Old Testament. 
a quick one, which I might explore more next week. But two brothers. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you their name. I say, Pastor has forgotten. No, it's in my notes. Even if I forget, I can read. But I'm not, yeah, that's your work. I wanted to prepare for next week. The two brothers that decided to offer to God a fire that was not commanded. There are things you will not labor to know if there is relationship. It just comes with time. What you're going on with right now is this. When you have a working relationship with God, there are things that you just know. Not by praying and fasting, you just know. Amen. You just know. There are many things about God. You just know. You've been there enough to know that God doesn't like liars. You've been around God enough to know he's not a wicked God. You've been around enough God to know that this doesn't look like what God will approve of. Uh, yeah. You've been around God enough to know that this kind of doctoring of CV is a sin. You've been around God enough to know all of those things. Not, not by a lot of effort or struggling or trying. You just know. And the same way, when you develop this kind of relationship, serving God becomes easy. When you are realized and develop relationship with God, you will know what he wants from you as an individual. You will know what he wants from you as a brother as a sister, you will know what he wants from you. It's called relationship. 